Hello and welcome to the Pen Addict Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper and the analogue tools that you love so dearly. My name is Mike Hurley and introducing... His Bradness, Lord Dowdy of Penmanshire. (laughs) (laughs) I had to cover my mouth so you could get through that once that music started. (laughs) We're going to have to keep that as the intro (laughs) of the show. Oh, dear. That was was awesome. So I was challenged today, you see. I know, I saw that. Um, our friend Anna of Well-Appointed Desk, she challenged me to call you his Bradness, or just Bradness. That's right, yeah. One of her readers sent in an email um, that she, she had posted on her site and referred to me as his Bradness. And I, I, I sent her a tweet saying that was pretty funny, and then she, and she mentioned it to you saying, uh, you need to work that in. So I can't believe you just did that. You were you were giggling before we started, so I knew it would be good. <laughs> I, I had the, uh, the fault while you were uh, you you ran off to to ask the children to oh you know to be quiet. oh wow so you just came up with that like right now yep just as you went away i was i i knew that's that that was going to be the name and i thought oh i could put some sort of fanfare in here <laughs> his bradness of penmanshire mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so hey, we have a big was, that show was a fitting, that, that was a fitting intro for episode 50 oh of course yes the big 50 yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't have anything special planned, although it should be a pretty good episode today. But uh, yeah, hey, episode fifty—that's a—that's a good landmark. I'm I'm glad we're there, and uh, there'll be uh, lots more fifties going forward. I'm pretty sure. I'm positive. So I, uh, I've got, we got a little bit of follow up that I want to rattle through really quickly because I think that I I have a lot that I want to talk to you about uh, about okay. the show, um, and I was eagerly awaiting the second part of your. Of your uh, experience at the pen show, so I was very excited about it. So I want to talk to you about it and, and Good. the experiences that you had. So, where should we start for the, for the follow up this week? Um, you go. You 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 wanted to mention something about field notes. Yes. Yeah, so my field notes books arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the the America's beautiful because it was kind of yep. delayed, right? Yep, I got them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got more than any human could ever need. <laughs> I met. I mentioned that they. I. I did mention that they, that they double sent the archive box, right? Yes. I mentioned that on the show. They've yes. also double sent my books. Now, I haven't got round to it yet, but I need to ping them an email and ask them what they want me to do. Um, yeah, you just you're obviously like in the system twice or something. Yeah, uh, it's very strange. But now I have lots of them. But I'm very very happy that I have lots of them because I think these are my favorites. Oh wow! And so I'll still, tell you why. after you got them in and and, and taken them out, and used them, you you think number one? They they are stunning to look at. They're very pretty to look at. But my favorite thing is the lined paper. Yeah, I love line. I just love the lined paper. It makes me very happy. Um, it makes them like a traditional notebook for me. You know. Yeah, I was reading one thing online, and you'll have to follow up on this. Um, maybe next week because I haven't opened mine yet. I'm trying to, I don't open the new ones until like I have an active one that I'm using until I fill that up. I won't open and try out a new one, but I was reading that the paper quality, um, seemed to be very nice in this notebook. So I'd like to get your feedback on that. Like it was almost like a a different, uh, different weight paper, different density. I've got it here. I've got them right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely agree with that. the The density of these paper, this paper, is thicker, and it's s- not glossy, but it's got a nice feel to it. Okay, that might uh, sway my opinion. Not that I dislike these, but um, if it's like um, higher quality paper, that's kind of a a nice thing. And now we'll, uh, I will I look forward to to opening up mine and, and giving it a shot as well. Like they have. Um they print paper information, don't they? So oh, the specifications sometimes. say that it is Finch paper fine, mm-hmm. soft white. That's okay, so I'll, I'll have to do some reading and see if that's a change. Well, I can look in another book. Yeah, if you have one handy. Yeah, I've got well, I've got. That's me opening the box. I don't know what to look in. Um, cause I, don't, I don't know what paper to compare it to. Just one of the recent editions, if you have one, or Day Game or something like that. Okay. 
because they did gay they gave me did dots so i don't know if they changed the vendor then or not it's definitely a lot thicker um it's 50 mm-hmm. so the the grammage is 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 obviously um i would assume it's grammage so say yeah. it was grammage it's 50 gram in day game and it's 70 gram in um america is beautiful that's nice. And that's a, that's a big that's that's a big deal. Comparing especially for us these two, users. yeah, comparing these two together, there is a significant difference in the paper thickness, and I really hope they stick to this sort of paper thickness. Okay, I might have to break into mine and, and test that out because that'll uh, that will definitely sway my opinion uh, greatly. I believe you definitely should. It's a very very nice book. That might cool. be subconsciously why I like this paper so much. I, I hadn't noticed, like I hadn't noticed, sorry, why I like the book so much. I hadn't noticed the paper thickness really. I just knew that it was a, an instant favorite. Yeah, I just happened to be reading that somewhere, and someone mentioned that, and I said, "Oh, that's interesting." So, cool. I like Some that investigative pen journalism there, right there. That, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and I, I did more investigating last night since we're talking about paper and uh, and notebooks. I. Uh, I happened to be poking around the internets and clicked on donepaper.com and what do I see but a, a whole new site live at donepaper.com and I about had a conniption. So that was uh, pretty cool, pretty interesting. So that we, I think last week we were talking about it, right? About Chad it, and, or maybe a couple of weeks been ago? Two weeks ago, two weeks ago. And, you know, we were um, talking about how, you know, Chad was taking a break and he had a flyer up to do some to do, to do some closeout stuff, so I hadn't talked to him in a couple of weeks. And um, then I just clicked over last night and and saw the new products up and the new websites up and the whole new design. Everything's live. Um, I haven't talked to Chad about it. I mean, I guess everything's good to go, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. One of our, I forget who it was on uh, on App.net said I keep checking every few hours to make sure it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want, want a funny little story? Yeah. So um, we, were, I was alerted. I think we were both alerted to this this morning, right? Well, I. I oh, sorry. Yes, you had last night, and then you alerted like at me. Three or four a.m. Yeah. yeah, you alerted me to it. Yeah. Um, so I went straight to the site. I was like, "Yes, that's what I want." The four barrel host holster. Yep. What I've been waiting for. So I bought it, and then a couple of hours later, I get an email from Chad. He was like, "Um, we're not shipping <laughs> outside the U.S." <laughs> Uh, I didn't put that in the site. I will, you know, he said he will help me out. So we're going to, we're going to sort it out to get shipped, but he's now noted on the site that it's only going to be shipping in the U S. So I helped him, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a positive on a lot of fronts because that means everything seems to be good to go. If you, that was a new product you ordered. That wasn't, I have the old model holster. This is a new design. So, uh, gosh, I think I think uh, all systems are go. Yep. And I did I did when he was doing the closeout stuff. I ordered a bunch. I had a a, a triple digit order. <laughs> um, you know, when he was uh, doing the closeout, I emailed him and I ordered some of the new products. Like I got the uh, what's the new uh, the new small journal called Garage series. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, or I would say Garage series. But yeah, they're super cool looking. I really like those. Yeah. Yeah, Garage series. Yeah, the utility think, notebooks. They're really neat, they, neat code. I'm, I'm very yeah. happy with those. Yeah, they're very nice, actually. I think he might have had a note at the bottom of the cart page I didn't see, but it shouldn't have been possible. Um, it might have been like a PayPal issue or something. But uh, Okay, yeah. We're yeah. sorting it out, but I'm very happy because I'm going to get what I dearly, dearly want, yep. which is one of those holsters because they look beautiful with the blue stitching. Yes, they're they're so awesome. They're really cool. One of my favorite products. And I'll be very happy to receive that. Yep, and someone else mentioned when I said that it was, Dome was back up, one of the people had already gotten in some of the new loose leaf paper. That's a new product um, for Chad as well, the loose leaf paper. And they're a student, and they said it was awesome. So I haven't tried the loose leaf paper yet, but um, I'm pretty sure it's a new paper vendor. So um, they were commenting on the, the feel and consistency of the paper, and they liked it very much. Cool. Yep, so I'm happy to see that. So, uh, yeah, I had already got, I got the garage series i got some stickers and i loaded up on the idea journals which is the greatest product ever made i believe are you panic buying them i did i bought four of them <laughs> <laughs> that's when i thought that, that's when i thought it was going away and then, so now i've got like six of them and that's the that's the big honking heavyweight notebook yeah i have one of these i have one up mm-hmm. here. yep there that literally is. may be the best notebook ever created 
wow, that's it that is. is quite a, a claim. Like I'm not I'm not disagreeing, but mm-hmm. a, a, it, a, a claim like that from you is is a, a very very good thing to hear. One of those things yeah, when I find products that I like, I find myself as I go back to them from time to time. One that if I set it down for a while and pick it back up to use it again, and I find myself looking at it from a construction perspective and a feel perspective before I even start using it. Like I'm staring at it going, wow, like over and over again, even though I've already used it for years, that tells me that I'm very impressed with the product. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I like the idea journal. I can't really use it though because I'm left-handed and it's just spiral bound is a difficulty. I mean, yes, I could turn it upside down, but I'm just um, compulsive, obsessive compulsive enough that I wouldn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, be writing in the book upside down, um, right? But yeah. yeah, that would bother me. Did you get the large one or the small one? Large. I don't like the small as much. Not even close. Hmm. I use the large. I had the small one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the loose leaf paper is very interesting, and he sells like binders now. <laughs> I yep. think they're just plain binders, but it's just kind of cool that. Yeah. Yep. One stop shopping. Well, good. That's I'm, a good deal. I'm so. really pleased that he's back back in business because uh, it's really good stuff. Really good stuff. Cool. Very cool. Do we have any other follow-up today? I don't think I do because I had a uh, I had a big weekend this past weekend, so uh, all my uh, all my focus was in one place, and that was at the Atlanta Pen Show. So I don't think I have any more follow-up besides uh, that. Right. So let's take a quick moment. We will thank our sponsor, and then we will dive right into the meat of the show. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Brilliant. So let's thank Squarespace.com, who give you absolutely everything you need to make an amazing website. Let's thank them for being awesome and also for supporting the show. Squarespace provide you with a fully hosted, completely managed environment to create and maintain a beautiful website, blog, or portfolio. If you have something you want to put online and either you don't have the experience when it comes to building websites or you just don't want to deal with the hassle, you can put something on the internet in minutes and it will be ready to go. You don't have to worry about hosting, scaling, integrating with social services you don't have to worry about finding designers or worrying about code because squarespace give you all of the tools that you need to make an outstanding world-class site with it looking beautiful sophisticated and professional and you don't have to dig deep and or spend extra money other than just the squarespace plan squarespace provides you with some excellent features beautiful themes they're really clean really stunning let your content do all of the talking they have a drag and drop page builder called layout engine that allows you to create custom layouts for each of your pages in seconds and you do this all within a web browser it feels native it's it's very very impressive they have fantastic statistics they're built right in they're real time they have real time analytics right in the squarespace platform and you can view these on ios and android Sorry, their iOS and Android apps, which are awesome. They also let you post to your website on the go to. They have a great blog importer, so if you have a site somewhere else, you can easily bring over your current content. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support and Squarespace Commerce, which allows you to start selling physical or digital products online. They have inventory management, order processing, customizable emails, and much, much more. And all of these features can be painlessly integrated into any new or existing Squarespace site. There's no credit card to try out Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels where you can find out more and start a free trial. Squarespace plans start at $10 a month for their standard plan, $20 a month for their limited plan, and they have a business plan too for Squarespace Commerce. If you sign up for a year, you'll get 20% off that price if you pay up front. And if you sign up for two years, you'll get 25% off. And don't forget to use the code 70 decibels for 70DECIBELS and the number four at checkout. This will show Squarespace that you found out about them through us and will also give you an additional 10% off your first order on top of any other discount. So go check out Squarespace, everything you need to make an amazing website. Awesome. Perfecto. As always. So um, I had a big weekend this past weekend, big Saturday, I should say. You very much Um, did, didn't you? Yeah, I had uh, the Atlanta Pin Show was nearby in town. Takes me about took me about an hour and a half to get there, so that's uh, definitely a reasonable drive and uh, something I was greatly, greatly looking forward to. As we talked about last episode, and last episode, just to recap a little bit, we went through kind of what my checklist was for the Pin Show, you know. Um, what products I was looking for, 
um, you know, just kind of, uh, kind of a, you know, pretty good list of, of things. So I, you know, when I got there, I knew it'd be overwhelmed. There's lots going on, lots of vendors, lots of tables, things like that. So I wanted to kind of have a plan and, you know, I had some of the products that I'd been testing out from Thomas, like, um, the sailor pro gear, sailor Sapporo, uh, Parker 51, um, Esther Brook, um, you know, some of those things were on my list. I also had on my list to get some nib mo- modifications done. And, and uh, you know, I guess I had a Pelican on the list. And, you know, just a few things just to kind of give me uh, give me a basis to work around as I walked around the show. Like, okay, what am I looking for? What am I focusing on? So um, I think it went pretty well, I, I'd say. You know, I, I, I came home with four pens. And uh, well, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about them individually. But um, you want me to just kind of give a a, a, a recap, uh, just an overview of what the show is like for for people that haven't been to a pin show. Kind of like when you you walk in, like what do you see? What's going on there? Please, I'd love that. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's just basically, you know, most of these pin shows are at hotels, like in conference room, ballrooms, and the Atlanta pin show is set up to where it's in two separate rooms. It's like two large size meeting rooms where there's maybe I don't know fifteen. 15, 20 vendors in one room, and then, you know, another 15 or 20 or even more in a larger room. So they're kind of two sections, but they're right next to each other. So, um, you know, on Saturday, the show opened at 10, and I knew I had to get that get there early to get in the queue for uh, Mike Masuyama to get my nibs ground. So I showed up there about 9.45, and I knew where I'd seen him last year at the show, so I knew right where he was sitting. He sits right in the first I mean, right when you walk in the first door, the immediate first left is where Mike was sitting last year. And I walked in and boom, he was right there in the same spot. So I I made sure, you know, I got there about 945, went on in. They let me in a little bit early. And, um, you know, he was already hard at work. I've never seen the guy not working. It's it's hilarious. He is he is the hardest working man in showbiz, I think. But um, at 945, I put my name down on the list and I was already eighth on the list. And I was like, man. This is going to, I knew that was going to take a while. So that was fine. I had plenty of shopping to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't that concerned. I figured it'd be like around lunchtime or so, you know, noon, one o'clock, whatever, when my, when my name would be called and they just take your phone number and they'll call you when, when they're ready. His, uh, his wife is there helping him. So, um, you know, they just call when it's time for you to show up. And then yeah, that was, I like walk in, talk to Mike, put my name on the list. I turn around and i start walking and, uh, um, here comes Lisa Anderson from Anderson Pens, and she's like, she's like, Brad, you know, good to see you. And she just plants the biggest, biggest hug on me. She was so nice. It was, uh, it was great to see her, and it was great to get that greeting right when I walked in. Um, so that uh, that got me started off on on the right foot. And um, you know, it was it was shortly thereafter I was at, I was at their table and sending you pictures of the uh, of that green cracked ice Esterbrook that you were commenting on their website. Yes. They, uh, they listen to our podcasts on the way on their drive down from Wisconsin. Oh. They, they drive to all these pin shows, so they were laughing. So they wanted to show me. She said, "I want to show you those pins that Mike was making fun of." <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, yep. hello, Andersons. Huh? I was just saying hello. Oh yes. Well, hello, Andersons. Yeah. So um, she said, "Well, we've got those pins, so you need to come buy them for Mike." So I said, "I thought that was funny." And I, <laughs> I went over to the table and I met Brian and uh, I said, let me see those pins. And I took That's when I took a picture and then sent it out to you on, on Twitter. I said, hey, Mike, I picked these up for you, you know, at $1,500 for the set. Yeah, they <laughs> I were. Don't, I don't think so. They, think they so. looked incredible, though. Yeah, there was actually a pair that was like that that I liked better. There was a yellow one that um, that was it was only eight, eight or nine hundred dollars. So it was way more affordable. <laughs> Oh yeah, I thought much it, better. It looked pretty cool. <laughs> but anyway, Brian's Brian's known at pretty much as one of the 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 leading Esterbrook experts, and that was that was absolutely one of the things on my shopping list that I knew I would be successful in is buying an Esterbrook from Brian. So, you know, Brian and Lisa, I, I can't express to you how nice and helpful they are, and it's not just with me. I mean, they were exceedingly helpful with me. But as I stand there, stood there and looked through their table. They were just, I mean, they were just totally engaged with every customer. And I was very impressed with, um, you know, how they ran their table at the show. And they were just, I mean, they lit- these are people that you can tell love what they do. And um, it, it really comes through. So uh, it, it was a pleasure meeting them. But, you know, I got to talking with Brian. I said, you know, 
I, I said, one of the things I want to do is I want to buy an Estabrook. And so he explained to me all the different varieties, you know, why the designs are a certain way, you know, about all the different nibs and why, why they're different and, and things like that. And um, I you know, looked through, I don't know, I don't know how many he had there. I'd say at least 50. I don't know, maybe more. I, I didn't count, but it was a bunch, 50 to 100, I'd say. And, you know, I just went through all of them, looked at some of the designs I liked, asked him about, you know, how they functioned, you know, this design compared to another design. And, you know, he helped me out with that. And I settled on a, a it's called a J model, Nestor Brook J. It's kind of this, my picture makes it look purple, but it's really this really rich blue kind of marbly color. Um, it's a real lightweight plastic, plastic feeling type pen. And it's got a lever filler on the side, which I'd never used prior. Thomas actually loaned me one, uh, actually the same color, the one that I bought that I haven't reviewed yet on uh, the pen addict. So I was familiar with this color and I was familiar with the lever fill. And, um, yeah, so I, I picked this one up and, um, one of the things with Esterbrook that we talked about is the, and we talked about this with Patrick and we talked about this separately is that the quantity of nibs is huge. So Brian has like a, almost like a hardware box full of nibs. So we just, we talked about the nibs and that I wanted something extra fine. So I just got one of the basic extra fine Esterbrook nibs, which is called the 9550. So, um, that, that's, that's my new Esterbrook and, you know, everything I'm talking about today, you know, we will have in the show notes and you can click on the pen attic. I've got the recaps and all the pictures and things like that, but we'll have it all linked for you. Everything I talk about, um, it's a really cool pen. It writes wonderfully. Um, it fills easily with the lever system. Um, you can't really see what's going on on the inside. I can't tell like how much ink I've put in, but you know, we talked about, I talked about with Brian on how to fill it, but, um, it was really good. It was hard to only buy one Esterbrook, to be honest, because there's a huge variety of designs, of colors. Um, just the model I have, there's a silver one that looks great. There's an orange one that looks, that looks great. And there's a red one that looks great. It, w- it was hard to narrow it down, but um, I was uh, very happy in the end. And, you know, I picked out a blue one, and that kind of ended up being the theme of the day. Almost everything I picked up was kind of blue. Blue or black was was the way it went for the most part. Um, but yeah, they, they were great. And I bought some ink from them that I haven't tested out yet as well. They had, they had, a, they might've had the biggest setup there of anybody. Oh, really? I think they had four tables. They had two full tables of pens that a whole full table of ink where they, they didn't just have the ink on the table. They actually had a shelf, like a wire shelf on top of the table hmm. with all the ink stocked in it. And then they had another full table of paper. So I think they had four tables and um and they were just packed to the hilt and you know i got to them pretty early so it wasn't too busy yet but when i you know i i made several laps around the show during the day and when i came back to them later i mean you couldn't get in front of any of their tables so i I hope it was a pretty good show for them i talked to lisa a little bit about it you know how how did the show compare you know to all the other ones they've been to this year and they said it's been very successful so far so i hope that's the case excellent yeah, so you, they were. You, uh, had a, you had a great find there, though. It's uh, I loved the the sort of the swirling sort of pattern, yep. um, like the pearl, the sort of the pearlescent pattern that is in there. Because obviously, you can see that you can see why it's called the pearl. It's a, it's very beautiful indeed. Yeah, and I'll actually like this one's just you're the the vacuumatics, the pearl. Oh this yeah, sorry, sorry. I was looking at the. I was yeah. also looking at the Edison, but this also yeah. has a similar. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, the pearl. Yeah, I got I got an Edison pearl and a vacuumatic silver pearl, so lots of pearl going on. Um, but yeah, the the Esterbrook. Um, it, it's a cool color. I'll get some better pictures. I was kind of in a time crunch from when I got home Saturday afternoon to getting everything. I this wasn't a post I could leave sitting for a while. I needed to go ahead and knock it out. So my pictures are kind of so so that I didn't exactly do the pens great justice, but I think you can get the gist uh gist of them for the most part. So after, you know, I got on I got on Mike Masayama's list and I met the Anderson, so I was off to a pretty good start. So at that point I just wanted to go take in the rest of the show. You know, I walked through every table, looked at every pen that they had, kind of matched it up with my list, you know, see what things I was interested, you know. At a show like this, this is 
generally isn't somewhere where you want to walk in and just start laying down your money right when you walk in at the first thing you see, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of need to, you need to take it all in, see what everyone's got. Everyone's got different things. Um, and just kind of, you know, work through your list. I worked through my lists, you know, seeing what people had related to my list, went through the whole show and um, just kind of got the lay of the land, if you will, you know, where I need to, which tables I needed to come back to, which people I needed to talk to more if they were tied up the first time when I went by. And, um, you know, just kind of get a feel for what all is available. And then one of the things I noticed immediately when, um, after going through the whole show, there was almost no sailor or platinum or any Japanese pins available at all. Um, and we kind of, we talked about that. That was my expectation going into it. And unfortunately that was proven right. Um, I think I mentioned that I could count all the sailor pins on one hand that I saw at the show, which kind of stunk, but I also kind of expected it too. So, you know, it gave me more, uh, more, more, uh, more budget for other things. So as I'm walking through, I walked through the, the first room where the Andersons were and Mike was first mm-hmm. walked through there, talked to a few different vendors, looked at a few different Parker 51s, things like that. And then walked through the second room. And as I'm wrapping up the second room, you know, a few of the vendors have the Edison production line pens. So Brian Edison, we've talked, um, Brian Gray, I do that a hundred. God, I do that so much. <laughs> Brian Gray from Edison pens. Um, has a main production line of pens that he sells through vendors like, you know, Goulet pens, Anderson pens, you know, where there's, um, you know, like a stock line, if you will. Okay. So a few of the vendors at the show carried the stock line Edison pens, which I was familiar with. Um, and none of them really struck my fancy. And then I walked by this one guy and I see he's got a few of the stock Edison pens out there. And then smack in the middle of it is this one random Edison Pearl, which I had um, reviewed an Edison Pearl from Thomas. Um, it's kind of like a blue blue flake acrylic model. So I was familiar with the pen. I knew what it looked like, and I knew it wasn't a production line pen. So I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. Why does he have this Pearl? Or, you know, it, it was just kind of mixed in with the regular production line pens, which would be like if you went to Lamy and, you know, as as a they're a vendor and you're a retailer and you just say, okay, send me 10 safaris, send me, you know, five AL stars and things like that. That's what the production line is like for medicine. Well, the signature line is all pretty much special ordered, if you will. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to get with Brian, you pick out your model, you pick out the material, you pick out the nib size and so on. So I saw this pen sitting there and I asked the gentleman the price and, um, I was surprised, actually, at how low it was. I thought it was low. And um, I am now the proud owner of a Edison Pearl in blue-black swirl ebonite, which is a really exceptionally cool pen. I've gotten a lot of feedback on this pen so far about how it looks. In my pictures, it looks really, really, really black. And it actually is very dark, but it's got this great swirl pattern into it. I guess um, you need to be in the right light to see that. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's going to be hard. I'm going to have to do some more pictures of it. Um, but I did, I did put in the show notes an act- a real picture from Brian that kind of shows the um, ink color better. I mean, excuse me, the uh, ebonite color better, the barrel color. You can see it in parts. It's still not extremely clear, though. Like, but you mm-hmm. can see it in parts, what kind of probably looks like a reflection. Right. It's actually... It's a- it's a dark, dark pen, and even I'm holding it in my hand right now, and you really have to turn it in the right light to see the – it looks like a dark, dark gray pen, and then it's got black swirls and blue swirls through it. It's beautiful. It's really nice to hold. Um, I don't know, I've been fascinated with this pen since I bought it. I love the shape and the design of it that just kind of – I guess it's like a cigar shape, if you will. And it's got a little tapered in at the cap and tapered in at the base. Um, I've been, I was a little bit nervous to buy it. Just, I've I've used Thomas's before and I liked it. Um, I wasn't crazy about the nib, but I bought that early enough to where, Hey, I can, I can add that to the Mike Masayama list and get it, get it ground down, which we will, we will talk about that later. But, um, I was, uh, actually I bought this pen 
And I went back into the other room where the Andersons are, and Brian, Brian had a, a, a stopping point. And he says, oh, did you find anything good yet? And I said, I said yeah, check out this Edison Pearl I just bought. And he was like, huh, who had that? And, um, you know, that's a, that's a signature line. I wonder where he got that from. He must have traded it for it. So I got a lot of comments on this pen. Like and it was he, a, he was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think so. I mean, I, I, I didn't mention a lot of the prices I paid. I mean, I'm not hiding from anything. If anyone wants to know what I paid, I, I tell them. But I paid $130 for this pen. Um, and I'm pretty sure if you went and ordered it, like if I went to – Edison pen and ordered this pen right now. I think it'd be about two fifty or three hundred dollars. I'm very surprised by that price. Yeah, so I, I think I think it'd be about two fifty maybe if you built this pen on Brian's site. So I'm wondering if the guy you know maybe traded for it and just thought it was a regular like the production line Edison pens. They're like around one fifty, you know one fifty one eighty. Um, so the guy I asked the guy I said how much is this pearl. And he said, he said, all right, hang on, let me look. He says, it's 170, you know, today I'll do it for 130. I was like, wow. And I just kind of, I just kind of stood there. I was like, that was the wrong answer because that's a good price and I'm going to have to buy it. So (laughs) I I was not expecting to buy it. I I didn't think, (laughs) I didn't, until he said the price, I, I thought I wasn't going to be able to afford it. And then he said 130 and I said, Okay, and I mean, I didn't. I didn't leave the table without it. Put it that way. So I'm on the Edison page, and mm-hmm. I'm looking at their Pearl page. Mm-hmm. So pricing, which is a converter of a steel nib, it's two hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. What do you have, steel or gold? Steel. Yeah, so it's two hundred and fifty bucks, and then with an eighteen karat gold nib, it's three fifty. With a bulb filling mm-hmm. mechanism, you add a hundred dollars on. If you want an ink drop, you have a hundred dollars on. Yeah, it's just a standard converter model. Yeah, so it's so two, be two hundred and fifty dollars plus um, the ebonite uh, material is um, is a add on. The acrylic is the two hundred and fifty dollar model. Oh, you have to really? add twenty twenty more dollars for ebonite, so like two seventy. So you you got an incredible deal. Incredible. I think so, and it's not a brand new pen. It's it's barely used. Like if I showed it to you right now, and I didn't tell you. You, you it would you would think that I had just ordered it from Brian and just got it in the mail. That's how good a shape it's in. How did um, this person come across this? That that's what Brian Anderson said. He said he must have he, he said he must have traded for it or something. Because there's no you know, reason you would buy something like that and then not keep it. Right, right. So he said he must have traded it for it or something or bought it off someone else and was reselling it. So awesome. that was. That was actually this. The Edison Pearl was actually probably my biggest find, if you yeah, will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the best. The it was certainly that wasn't even on the radar to purchase because you wouldn't expect people to have them unless you know Brian Brian Gray was there himself, and he of course brings you know pearls and all the signature line pins with him. So every 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 time I, I've posted this picture or talked about this pearl. People are asked, "Oh, well, you met Brian at the show?" Because they just assume they know that you just can't get that pen without, unless you get it straight from Brian. And I'm like, "No, he wasn't there. I bought it off a, a vendor." And they're like, "Huh? Okay." So yeah, I it don't was believe a, you, Dowdy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot, lot of conversation around this pen. So I think that that was kind of my biggest find. And um, I'll tell you what, I I used it all night last night at work, and I'm really, really happy with it. So we're so gonna we'll, we're gonna we'll talk about some, that more, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna get some reviews, I assume. Yep. Yep. And I will actually talk about it more when I talk about um Mr. Masuyama because um I, I got him to work on this nib too. So so I'm you know, a couple hours into the show at this point and I've purchased two pens. And that's the thing about a fountain pen show. It's not like you're gonna go and you're gonna come away, uh, about twenty new pens unless you're, you know, just independently wealthy or whatever. I mean it's it's not a cheap it's not a cheap venture showing up at one of these shows. So four pens was four pens in total was actually quite a big haul, I think, um, for a pen show. Um but yeah, I I I was pretty happy with the Edison. So um you know, after that, I, I kind of went on my Parker 51 mission because I thought for sure I'd be able to find a good one. And I found a lot of them. I just didn't find one that I loved. There was never – I never ran across a 51 
that I looked at or talked to someone about that I said I had to have it. Either they were the wrong color or they didn't look clean enough. They, you know, they were too beat up. You know, these are old pens. These are, you know, 80-year-old pens in most cases. They're a little bit too beat up or rough looking. Um, the nibs didn't look good. You know, the people selling them hadn't kept them clean, things like that. You know, Thomas spoiled me with the 51 that I had that he let me borrow. It was in pristine condition. So that was my expectation. I thought I would find a few in the quality of the one that I had borrowed, and I didn't. But while I was looking at the 51s, um, a lot of other people had a pen called the Parker Vacumatic. And that was actually on my radar. It wasn't necessarily on my list, but I was aware of it. And I thought they looked pretty cool. And I thought I might, you know, I'd just keep an eye on them. And most of the the back, huh? I said, oh, Brad. Yeah. I thought when I bought this pen and took pictures of it, I said to myself that Mike is going to like this pen. I am just so in love yeah it's It's, a really interesting pen i've never seen something that looked like this yep so what happened was everyone that had parker 51 there there were vacuumatics all over the show just like parker 51 that's what you expect there's so, so many vintage vendors that these pens are everywhere but almost everyone i've seen is in and that i've seen for years you know when i have looking been looking at pens but not interested in the vacuumatic is a green stripe or a blue stripe model it seems they're called emerald pearl for the green and azure blue for the blue it's the same style but you know either with the green rings or the blue rings and i'm sitting there with this guy and he's got a line of blue and green ones and then here's this kind of silvery gray one sitting there and the thing about the vacuumatic is most all these blue and green ones, they all have gold hardware. So they're immediately off my checklist. Yep. And then here's this kind of gray striped one, and it's got silver hardware. It's got a silver clip. It's got a silver cap. I mean, it's got a silver band. It's got a silver jewel on the top. I was like, wow, this is really neat looking. And then I pick it up, and all I can see is like the silver and black. I pick it up and put it in the light um, that the vendor has on his table because he's doing repairs, actually. Um, so he's got some nice lighting there. I pick it up, and then it's got this amber glow oh. that's coming in between the silver. You're killing me. Um, you are killing me right now. <laughs> this it's. I pick it up and put it under this light, and I see that. And I was like, holy cow. This is amazing looking. I've never seen a pen this beautiful. And, I, you know, one day when we meet, you will have to see this pen in person because... I, I want to buy one. Like, yeah. they're on eBay and I'm struggling. Yeah, the pictures actually came out decent. I didn't think it was going to be able to show the amber at all. But they, I got a few decent pic- pictures of it where you could see it shining through. It's a fascinating, fascinating pen. And so I didn't know a lot about it, right? So it's sitting there with all his other um, vacuumatics and... You know, I was hesitant and I set it back down and I went to walk around some more. And just so once I saw that, I knew I wasn't getting a Parker 51. I said, well, maybe this vacuumatic can replace that budget slot <laughs> um, that I had planned for the 51. So I started looking around the show, started looking at all the vacuumatics. Now I was focused on that. You know, um, you know, Brian Anderson had some, but it was the green and the blue with gold trim. Everyone had green and blue with gold trim, green and blue with gold trim everywhere, everywhere. And I kept coming back to this pen. I think I picked this pen up three or four times before I even talked to the guy about tell me more about it or what's the price. It didn't have a price on it. Um, but I, I could not get this pen out of my head. It was so interesting looking. And the thing is, this is you know, it's probably a pen from the 1940s. It's in awesome condition. That's the other thing that I, when I picked it up, like the nibs in great condition, the sections in great condition, the barrels in great condition, you know, all the hardware lines up, it's clean. Um, it looks, it doesn't look brand new, but it looks barely used. And every time I pick it up and you could see that orange amber glow through those stripes, I was just like, this is coming home with me. I, I can't stop. I could not stop thinking about this pen the whole entire show. So I bought it, and now it's mine. So I love it. It's a very, very cool pen. Are you going to review it? Absolutely. Because okay. uh, this is one of those um, 
education products, uh, posts. I mean, you know, I, there's, when I got it home, I actually did a bunch of reading on it, trying to figure out, you know, I gathered some while I was at the show, um, you know, I made a point like, you know, it's hard to buy something you're not familiar with. So I tried to do some, some quick reading up at the show on my phone and talking with uh, the vendors about the pens. And when I got it home, I did some real reading on it. And actually this model, despite the fact that I saw very few of them at the show, is actually a somewhat common model. Um, and I, I did like you, I went and looked on eBay and there's actually quite a few of them out there. Yeah. The silver pearl, there is a few silver pearl. Yep. So it's the vacuumatic silver pearl. I did determine that it's a third generation silver pearl. Um, there's some, some sites I you know, you can kind of check. I don't know exactly what year it was made, but it's definitely a third generation, which is like 1942-ish, something like that. Um, so, yes, I will do a full review on this pen as I do my research. I'm going to do – I need to do some more research and put the history together um, to, do, to do a good post. But it's a fascinating, fascinating and completely beautiful pen. So I'm really, really happy with this pen. I'm going um, to put a bit in on one. Yeah, I mean, you, it's, they're not ridiculously expensive, you know. Yeah. I think I paid. I think I paid one twenty-five for mine. Um, they're on eBay for. I've, there was one that went for like one hundred and fifteen yesterday. There's some that are going for like sixty or seventy. You know, I don't know the, all the differences between them. I mean, this one that I'm looking at is fifty-eight dollars at the moment, mm-hmm. um, with seven bids, so it's probably going to go up quite a lot, and it's yeah. restored. Right. Yeah, that was the thing. The guy that I bought this from actually does all the restoration work. So I knew I felt I didn't want to buy it from anyone just right off their table, not knowing if it would work or not. This guy actually restores these pens and he was actually restoring some of them sitting there at the table. So I felt comfortable buying it from him that I'm going to get this pen and it's going to be in good working order. So that's that's a key with, uh, you know, buying an 80 year old pen or more in this case. So that was a an off the list purchase that ended up being just something that I could not pass up. Kind of same with the Pearl. I mean, it was just kind of like, a, you know, the design spoke to me, the feel spoke to me. Um, and the, the, the beauty of it is just, it was hard to pass up. So, so yeah, so by, so by that time I saw, I've got, I'm three pins, three pins into it. And, uh, the, the budget's uh, hurting pretty bad. And I haven't even sat with, uh, Mike Masayama yet to get my nibs worked on. So, I finally I went over there. It's about two o'clock, and my time was uh, time was ready with to sit with Mike. And I sat and talked with him. And I said, you know, my friend, you know, Thomas gets all his pens from. Him. He's like, oh, you're that blogger guy. <laughs> oh, see, I knew people would know who you were. <laughs> and we just started laughing. He he just started laughing. He's like, yeah, Thomas gets a lot of his pens done. So we had a, you know, I sat with uh, Masayama for probably close to forty five minutes, if not an hour. And talked with him and his wife while he worked on my pens. We talked about so let's talk about the pens that I got done by him. So I, I had two that I had planned on getting done. One was the Lamy two thousand. Two was the old school pilot vanishing point, the faceted model. Those were the ones I brought with me specifically for him to work. And then I ended up when I got the pearl, um, I knew that Thomas had had his pearl done um, by Masuyama. So I asked, he couldn't, Masuyama couldn't do like eight pins. He just, he'd be there all day. So I asked him if he could do a third and he was nice enough to do a third one for me. So he did the pearl. So let's take these one by one. So Malami 2000, ever since I bought it, I felt the nib has been a little bit off. Like I'd have some skipping and I just, it wasn't a consistent writer. So I'd always wanted to get the nib looked at. And we, you and I have talked about this on several shows before. So that's the first pen I hand him. He pulls out his loop um, and looks at the looks the nib. He goes, like, within five seconds, he's like, oh, yeah, I see a problem here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so one of the tines, like, on one side of the line, you know, the slit in between the nib, one side of it was longer than the other side. Okay. So that would cause inconsistency in one direction of my writing which is exactly the problem I was having. Like say if the right time was longer, okay, mm-hmm. and I'm writing to the left, I have a good line, but if I write back to the right, that longer time is getting in the way. Wow. So I'm having some skipping that direction. 
So we talked about that. Um, and then we talked about the fact that I wanted to take this EF nib and make it even finer. So um, he smoothed it out, made it even, and then sharpened it um, to probably like an extra, extra fine. And it immediately turned it into a pen, into one of my favorite pens. I'm going to have to, I've never reviewed this pen because I've always had, I always wanted to get the nib looked at first, right? Because I didn't think I was doing it justice because I love the pen. This is a really hard pen to put down for me. It's very well made. I like using it. I use it at work a lot. And now that I've got this nib adjusted, I'm I'm going to review it and it's going to, it's going to rank very highly. Let's just say that. And the, the nib, you I don't think you have a, a Lamy EF nib, but you know they're they're fine, but they're not like micro fine. And, and now it's like a it's like a Japanese fine nib now on my Lamy two thousand, and I love it. This is going to be one of my favorite pens. So the second one I got done was the um, vanishing point, and you you have a vanishing point, and you know that the the nib unit comes out of there, right? The little you you yep. unscrew the pen. Yep. And the little nib unit comes out. So I just gave him the nib unit. I had the pen with me, but I just gave him the nib unit. And I told him this is a medium nib, um, 14 karat gold medium nib. And I told him I wanted it like a flat stub italic, something like that. You know, um, so we talked about, you know, what I really wanted. And he just went over a few things and he said, this is what I can do. And he put he basically put a stub nib on my medium, medium nib uh, vanishing point. And when he finished it, well, or he got, what he does is he, he grinds and grinds and grinds for maybe like, I don't know, 10 minutes. He works on the pen. Then he, he tests it out himself, dips it in ink, tests it out, smooths it out some more, tests it out some more, smooths it out and kind of gets it down. Then he hands the pen to you. All right. And then you, you, so like when he handed me the 2000 back immediately, it was perfect. You know, he wrote with it. I could tell he was happy with it. He handed it to me. I wrote with it. I was happy with it. We're done. All right, so now he's on the vanishing point, and he's just got the nib section. And he's working on it, and he finishes working on it, and he starts dipping it and then smoothing it on the little sandpaper. And he's going back and forth, and I can see in his face he's not real thrilled with it. And he hands it to me. He goes, try this. And I put it to the paper, and I goes, it's kind of scratchy. He goes, yeah, I thought so too. He said, give it back to me. So I give it back to him. Did you feel bad saying that? No, no. Okay, good. Not at all. Because no, I saw the look in his face. You know how you can kind of tell? He kind of, kind of, you know, his eyes kind of looked at it funny. Like he wasn't too comfortable with this. He just wanted to see what I thought. Yeah. And then, and then I said it. And he said, yeah, I thought the same thing too. He said, give it back to me. So I gave it back to him. And he's like, he was kind of dumbfounded for a second. He's like, oh, do you have the, do you have the barrel? I said, yeah, it's right here. He said, give me the barrel. And so he puts it in the barrel and he goes, oh, okay. So he says, here's the deal. When we're, you and I were just using the metal um, nib section, we're not, the feedback, just the metal feel, the vibration isn't getting passed through the barrel of the pen. It's ridiculous. This guy's a wizard. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I said, oh, God, that makes complete sense. It actually makes complete logical sense, but I would have never thought about it. He's like, yeah, this nib is scratchy. Well, it's, it wasn't scratchy. Is that It was that we were not getting any buffer when we were writing, so it was more a vibration. It wasn't that the nib was scratchy. Yeah. It's that we were holding metal on metal, and we were getting a vibration. Yeah, you so could he didn't, feel the, he didn't, the, the fibers of the paper. That's the difference. Right. So he just puts the nib unit in the pen, didn't make any more adjustments to the nib and it's smooth as silk. Yeah. Because obviously he knew what he was doing. That's probably why yeah. he was confused. He's like, I've done this right. What's wrong with this? That's exactly right. You could tell he was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, as soon as we put it back in the, uh, the pen barrel, it was a completely different pen. So that, I mean, you know, the things you learn just from sitting with this guy for a few minutes is like, is, you know, so far in the, the Lamy 2000, I learned about the, the nib being, too long on one side and the vanishing point i learned that if you if you're going to test out the nib unit you better have it in the pen or it's going to feel completely differently mm-hmm. so it was pretty crazy so those two pens 
I'm thrilled with. Um, I would definitely do. I've never done a review of the faceted vanishing point either. And now that it's got this really cool nib on it, I write really awesome, awesome with it. Um, so the third pin I got was the pearl that we talked about earlier. Um, it had a standard steel fine nib on it, just from uh, the Edison nib. And I knew Thomas had had some Edison nibs ground into, he calls it a 0.2 millimeter Japanese extra fine. So I told Masuyama that I wanted the Thomas Hall special. And he just laughed and he thought that was funny. He's like, oh, Thomas likes it very, very fine. He said, you like that too? I said, yeah. I said, I've borrowed a bunch of his pens and that's exactly what I like. So he took this, he took the pearl. This was the easiest one yet. So he just took that one, grounded down to a 0.2 millimeter Japanese extra fine and i'm thrilled with it i use it all night at work last night and it works like a charm so i'm uh that was that that one was real straightforward uh grind that one that one didn't take him very long to do it all um and uh it came out perfectly so i was very happy and um just so people kind of get an idea some of cost of something like that he charged me 30 dollars per pen which i thought was completely fair so it was 90 dollars to get all those pens done 30 dollars per so just so you have a baseline. That's incredible. Yeah. So that was fun. So now I'm going to, I mean, I've got a couple more. I already, already want to send him, you know, I can, you can mail it to him. He'll do them, send them back and send you an invoice and you pay him. So a uh, real nice guy and uh, very enjoyable and very, very good experience that I, I learned a lot from that experience. So, so by that time, I'm pretty worn out. <laughs> it's about three o'clock or even, it might even be later. It was probably around three. So I get done with him. I haven't eaten lunch yet. I'm tired. I've got a headache. I go get a Coke. And I was like, all right, I've been around this show three or four times now. And I saw a pen earlier that I've already fondled three or four times. Let me go back and look at it one more time and see if I want to buy it. And that pen is the Pelican M405. Now, I just reviewed that, what, a week, maybe two weeks ago mm-hmm. on the blog. It was one that I had borrowed from Thomas, and it was the same model, the M405. And I'd never used a Pelican before. And when I reviewed it, it kind of knocked my socks off. I was very impressed with the pen. So I knew I'd be able to find some Pelicans there. But I there was actually, I, I didn't. There were a few vintage Pelicans because they've been around forever. Um, people had a lot of vintage Pelicans. But um, Richard Bender from uh, Richard's Pens. Yeah, I think they're out of New York. Um, they were there, and they're, they're a very large retailer. They have lots of brands. And they actually carry the full... They're a Pelican vendor. They had the full Pelican line from, like, the lowest-end model up to, you know, the $1,000 Pelicans there on display. Um, so I was like, oh, this is going to be a problem because <laughs> I knew I was going to come up with one because they had them all there. I could test them all out and all the nibs everything and the one i'd used from thomas was an m405 and the the way pelicans are when you talk about their numbering system the lower the number the smaller the size the overall size of the pen is so like there's an m205 or m m200 series is a little bit smaller than the m400 and the m400 is a little bit smaller than the m600 and i'm talking about you know overall size of the pen and then size of the nib and it goes up to an m1000 um and the m1000s are huge just i could never use a pen that large and that heavy and the m800s are large and heavy too so i like the 400 is a small on the smaller side but it's just like the perfect weight the perfect balance the perfect feel and um they had the black with the rhodium trim which is the one i exact one i um I tested out and reviewed, and then they had – they actually had all the colors. But the only two that came in the rhodium trim were the black, solid black, and then this blue striated model. It's like vertical stripes on the pen. Mm-hmm. And I was dead set on buying the black one just because it's like every other black pen I own, right? <laughs> it's black with a silver trim. And it's got this very cool like little green ink window that's um, – you, you can only see if you hold it at the right angle. So that, that was a huge selling point for me. But I kept coming back to this blue pen, and it looked so pretty. And I said, you know what? Just grow a pair and buy something different for a change. And so I did. I, I bought the blue one, and um, I, I could not be more happy with that choice of barrel. It is beautiful, beautiful-looking pen. Um, again, this is one where the pictures don't really do it justice in 
the nib is like a two-tone silver and gold. It's 14-karat gold nib. I got an extra fine. This one's going to Masayama pretty quickly because the extra fine here is really, really wide, um, which is fine. I mean, I like it. It's this, it might be the smoothest writing nib I own. Um, you know, Richard Bender is, is famous for his uh, – for adjusting the nibs. When, when you buy the pen from him – his wife was manning the table and a couple other people were manning their tables. You purchase a pen from him and then it goes straight to him sitting over and working and smoothing out the nibs. And he basically does a once over on the pen for you right there. Um, smooths the nib, grinds it, makes sure it's absolutely perfect. So it's like this silky smooth, might be the smoothest nib I own. Um, but I think I'm going to have to get it adjusted to get it finer. It certainly doesn't need to be any smoother because it's, it's an amazing writer. Um, I love the cap. Yeah, it's really well done. And I, I like, like if the cap was the same color as the barrel, I would have never bought it. Right? Like if, the, if, it, was, if it was a fully blue striped pen. Too much. But the, yeah, that would be too much. But the cap is solid black. The uh, piston filler at the end is black. It, it, it's really it, – I said about it in my original review. Everything about this pen is just right. It's, a, it's one of those pens that's just flawless in build and construction and feel. I mean, it, it's, it's spot on everything. So, and it was also the most expensive pen I bought. It was, it was new. It's got a 14-karat gold nib, so that's expensive. Um, but I knew going into it, I kind of sort of budgeted for one if I could find one. So um, it was the last thing I bought. I had enough money left for it. And I, I think I would have regretted not coming home with one of them. Um, so I, I'm thrilled that I did and I love writing with this pen I think I'm just going to get it um, a little bit finer um, just to kind of fit my writing style a little bit better so you're going to send that one off to Messiano I'm a, yes, yeah. I'm going to use it a little bit more You know, I've, I've loaded it up with ink I've enjoyed writing with it I'm going to write with it for a little bit just make sure what I really want to do because um, it's really fun to write with it so smooth but I think it's just a little bit too wide so I will send that one off more likely than not to uh to get f- fine-tuned a little bit but um you know those are the four pens i bought i am extraordinarily pleased with all of them um i think it it the show was a huge success for me personally in the pens i bought i also picked up um i picked up like four maybe four or five bottles of ink I'll be doing some ink reviews. It's good to ink's a good a great thing to pick up at a pen show because you don't get killed on shipping charges because that's a heavy thing to ship. Um, so I got some really good deals on ink from the Andersons and from a couple other vendors there. I bought, uh, yeah, I think four bottles of ink, just some smaller bottles of things I wanted to try, mostly blues. I bought Mont Blanc, uh, Midnight Blue, uh, Platinum Blue Black. Um, there's a company called Scribal Workshop that. It's a, basically just a guy making his own inks, kind of like how Noodler started, and I'm going to try that. So a few different things. You'll, you'll be seeing some some more reviews of some just some side items I picked up. But um, it was a long day. I got out of there about 4 o'clock. I got there about 9.45. I got out of there about 4 o'clock. Um, but it was it was well worth it. I was I was worn out by the time I was done. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It was a, it was a long drive home because I was like, whew, all right, I'm tired. But it was hard. I couldn't wait to get home because then I could finally start, you know, using these pens, get them inked up, get them cleaned up. But I found when I got home that night, I didn't want anything to do with pens. <laughs> I needed a break for a little while. <laughs> so, you know, I, I chilled out for a while, let the pen sit. And then later on that night, about one o'clock in the morning, you saw I don't, you saw a tweet from me about I one did. o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I said, OK, I'm getting the, the things I start at 1 a.m. That's when I finally got all the pens out and got them all cleaned up and got them all inked and ready to use. So it was a fun show, highly su- successful and, you know. I, I'd like to say I wish I could do it every month, but I couldn't afford that. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going. I'm already ready for next year, though. But uh, I really want to go to a pen show. There's a. I'm pretty sure there's a London pen show. There isn't is, there? but it's until October. Ah, uh, gotcha. But I will well, wait. You'll have to. You'll have to make that happen, though. You'll have to go. Yeah. Oh, I def- I've just put it in my calendar. Yeah. Um, I will definitely go to the one in October this year. Um, yeah. If I if anybody knows of any that are 
not necessarily in London, but local-ish to London before then, let me know on Twitter or, or, or email or something. I would love to. I'd love to go because I'm I'm so jealous of you. Yeah, it's a it's a really great experience and it's a really great learning experience. You know, I'm still a novice in the world of fountain pens and the things you can pick up just from going and talking to someone like Brian and Lisa Anderson or Mike Masuyama or any other the vendors that I talk to. Um, you know, just the things you pick up and just kind of add on to your knowledge base are invaluable at a at a show like this. And it's it's well worth it even if you don't purchase anything. You can go and look at everything and learn about, you know, the history to some of these pens, you know, why they were made this way, you know, how you can make them better. And, you know, everyone is very, very helpful um and um willing to answer a bunch of questions from uh novices like myself so it's just uh it's just a way to build on that knowledge and it's it was very very fun i had, had a wonderful time um i'm ecstatic with all of my purchases i you know four pens you wouldn't think is a lot but you know i can only use one pen at a time so i'm like anxious you know i'm switching them up i've been using one per day is kind of how i'm going through them i used uh the lamy 2000 two days ago i used all day i used the edison pearl yesterday so now i'll pick one of the other ones to use all day today so just kind of give them a, a good rotation and, and see how i'm liking them awesome yep yep so you definitely need to uh, get to a pin show one day yeah i mean because i've put a bid on this you know i put a bid on, on one of these um vacuumatics mm-hmm. but uh i'm not gonna know what it's like until it arrives Right. And that's the problem. Like, I'm not going to know if the color is exactly the same. I'm not going to know if th- th- I'd like the nib. I might hate the nib and then just keep sure. it. I mean, but so that's, you know, so I'll be taking a risk on this mm-hmm. just because I think it would be something beautiful to add to the collection. Right. Um, right. But really, I would like to go and, and one, try these things out, but also find something myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Find some, find a pen, or something really beautiful, or something really quirky on my own, like without, you know, you finding it and then me copying you, <laughs> you know, just so I go right. and I make my own discoveries because that's what you did. Exactly. You, you you didn't really consider or know too much about the vacuumatic. You said right. Yeah, not at all. And you've I mean, come was, across this I thing. Heard about them and I'd seen them, but yeah, no, it wasn't on the radar. And you were you you said that it's probably the most beautiful pen you've ever seen, right? It's, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's fascinating. You you like can't stop looking at it. It's it's a fascinating pen. Yeah, it's amazing. So to come across something like that, I mean, that's uh, that's amazing. Yep, yep, that's a good point. Yep, and uh, you know it's hard to do that on eBay or through a retailer, you know, online, right? Until you can go lay your hands on it, see what it looks like in the light, and you know, you know, I'm a bad photographer, and there's people that take a lot of better pictures than I do and they still sometimes can't do the pen justice because it's, it's a hard thing to photograph, you know, to get all the colors right to, you know, express that, how a pen really looks to someone else, you know, on a computer screen. So yeah, doing it in person at a pen show is, uh, is a huge benefit. Awesome. So anything else you want to add today? I don't think so. I think, uh, I think I've got so many pens now that I, I, I uh, I don't know which ones to use, so uh, I guess it's a it's a good problem to have. I I definitely have an addiction. That is a very good problem to have. <laughs> okay, so you can catch up with me and Brad on social networks. I'm I Mike I M Y K E on Twitter and App dot net. Um, Brad is Dowdy D O W D Y on App dot net and Dowdyism D O W D Y I S M on uh, Twitter. Oh, I must mention as well, I was given Dan Benjamin pen advice today. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Rabbit hole alert. Yeah, somebody tweeted him and was like, um, now that because Dan's been sick, he, he wasn't recording anything last week. Uh-huh. Somebody found the show, our show, um, uh-huh. and is now a confessed addict. Let me find them <laughs> in my... It's uh, Andrew... Oh, sorry, Andrew. Saucier. Um, okay. He tweeted, is that this is what happens when Dan Benjamin is out for a week, new listener, new habit, and he's got a couple of autographic liners. Oh, cool. So he started off right. Well done, Andrew. Welcome. Yes, well done. Um, and so then Dan was like, well, you know, what is this? And then was reminded that, that we do the pension. <laughs> um, and then he was talking about it. I was listening to him on the frequency, and he was saying, you know, 
Mike apparently knows a lot about pens. And Hattie was like, yes, the pen addict. And he was like, mm-hmm, pen addict. <laughs> and then, so then we were taught, I was like, look, I was like, this, I said, this show is a runaway success, Mr. Benjamin. And he was like, okay, give me some, uh, give, give me some, some things to buy. So let me tell you all the things that I told him that he should be getting. Okay. Retro 51. Mm-hmm. Um, Lamy Safari. Mm-hmm. Um, Twisby. Mm-hmm. Oto Graphic Liner. Mm-hmm. High Tech C, mm-hmm. Zebra Sarasa, mm-hmm. uh, Kurutoga. Oh, perfect. And the Pereira and the Koeko. <laughs> they were because basically I was just sending him through and he was telling me what he did and what he didn't like. So uh-huh. I think we might follow it up later on this week. But he, uh, yeah, he said he was saying what he liked and what he didn't, and he just finished it with, "I guess we need to talk a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> he he well, yeah. really liked the retro, which I knew that he would. Because everybody would, and he picked out the uh, Space Invader one and thought it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And he was like, he sent me a, a picture of a converter, and he was like, "What the f is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "That's if you want to use bottled ink." So he he wants some he wants some new pens. So the pen addict is even helping the big boss man. Good, good. Well, if if he uh, if he really gets into it, we'll have the we'll have the big boss man on the on the show one day. That would be a good idea, actually. Once yep. once I get him, once I once I sort him out with what he needs to buy, I'll yeah. Get once him. once we really set the hook, um, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll we'll get him re- to come. We'll on. reel him in and get him on the show. Yeah, you can tell us what he thinks. Yep, awesome. that's hilarious. So you can also you can read Brad's site, um, penaddict.com. Um, I urge everybody to go and read the the two part post. I mean, you've heard a lot of it here, but I I really really enjoyed it, and also you get to see some beautiful images as well. Yeah, it was it was fun to do. I didn't. I'm not a part one, part two kind of guy, and it's really not that long. But I, I did it more because I wanted to give the pins justice. I didn't want to do one huge image post where these pins kind of get lost in the shuffle. So I kind of broke it down into two smaller posts, and uh, they're both up. Um, they're both up on the site right now, and um, gotten a lot of good feedback from them. And uh, yeah, it was it was fun to write up, and it was uh, certainly more fun to make the purchases in the first place. Awesome. Brilliant. So thank you very much, Mr. Dowdy. All right. Uh, you will refer to me as uh, his Bradness from now on, his please. Bradness. His Radness the Bradness. Yes. And uh, we'll be back next week. Yes, we will. All right. Thanks very much for listening. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.